Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cultured Savage Podcast, UFC 225 Fight Breakdown. Uh, hope you guys, I don't know if you guys caught the fights today, the, the UFC fights that uh, happened over this weekend. Um, I kind of woke up a little late and uh, caught the last three fights, and uh, I, I thought the, the fights were great. Um, from what I understand, the whole card was, was pretty good. Uh, so I just wanted to share a little bit about what I thought about the, uh, the, the, the three main fights of the evening. Um, so we'll start off with Holly Holm and Megan Anderson. Uh, this is my first time seeing Anderson fight, and uh, uh, you know she was pretty coming in kind of highly touted, calling for uh, f- for a fight with Cyborg, and um, you know had seemed to uh, had you know uh, made easy work of her her previous opponents, and I think I think Holly Holm was her first real test, and uh, I guess a lot of questions were answered tonight. I think. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of girls in that 145 division. Um, she was a, a, a big, strong woman, uh, very long, lanky frame, uh, not much in the way of footwork, but, you know, just uh, physically pretty imposing, uh, uh, you know, uh, for a female fighter. Um, but Holly was just much more skilled uh, overall. I thought, you know, uh, I didn't like Holly striking. She, she seemed to... Uh, to be jumping through a lot of her, her combinations, which she seems to do in, in, in a lot of her fights. She jumps in and out, and uh, often her range can be off at times. But uh, what Holly did do well was adjust and uh, kind of turn it into a grind, used cage control and some uh, timely takedowns to get to get some ground control. So it seemed like, you know, the first was a, a little bit of a struggle, but uh, Holly kind of won it decisively with cage control. And... Um, I think as the second round sort of wore on, you saw her kind of picking up confidence with uh, with her takedowns, uh, specifically late in the second round. She got that takedown, and uh, um, I think it was she almost got swept and kind of put in a leg lock position, sort of sitting on her chest. That could have been the end of the first. Uh, uh, this was a little bit earlier today, so uh, if I'm off. But, um, you know, uh, the ground and clinch attack definitely wore the girl down, and... Uh, you know, you could see Holly sort of picking up confidence in her ground game uh, towards the end of the fight and, and just kind of working through positions uh, quite easily and um, landed some pretty vicious ground and pounds and, you know, was able to walk away with the win. So uh, I, I was, it was nice to see Holly sort of change it up a little bit and, and, you know, get away from just the striking. She didn't really feel comfortable in the striking exchanges. I think uh, Anderson's length was sort of uh, giving her a little bit of uh, issue and so uh, it's always uh, it's always good to see a fighter make adjustments and uh, you know be able to switch up the format. I don't know if that was the game plan coming in. Uh, I believe Holly said she you know she in the post fight that she likes to see what happens and just sort of go with the flow after that. And uh, you know she alluded to the fact that you know she does this stuff in training all the time, and this is the first time. She's been able to let go and sort of uh, get outside her comfort zone, you know, and do the things that she's not really known for, you know, specifically, you know, takedowns and and top control. And, uh, you know, it makes me wonder if uh, perhaps we've seen Holly underperform in the past and sort of limit her skill set due to the nerves. I mean, she looks pretty nervous before and tense before most of her fights. Uh, Very twitchy and, you know, the pacing back and forth that she does and even in between rounds. Uh, quite a bit of pacing, but uh, she seemed to relax a little bit later in this fight, and that was cool to see. So, um, 
you know, begs the question, are we going to see a, a, you know, uh, sort of a revamped and uh, new Holly Holm with a, with a few new tools in the toolbox? I mean, her wrestling wasn't brilliant, and, and you know, the opponent was, uh, was Australian, so not probably the best wrestling base uh, in the world. Um, but it didn't look bad either, so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out. It was uh, it was an entertaining fight for sure, and uh, I'm I'm a, you know I'm a Holly Holm fan. I think she's uh, she's a hard person not to like, and uh, uh, I was happy to see her come away with the win. And then the final two fights were 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 absolute bar burners, and and maybe the the best main and co-main I've, I've seen in, in quite some time. Uh, so. Uh, Rafael dos Anjos and, and Colby Covington were the co-main event and uh, for the 170 interim title. Uh, Covington, as everybody knows, talks, uh, you know, a gang of shit leading up to the fights, and um, you know, he makes it work for him. Uh, a lot of people have sort of taken the uh, the Conor McGregor approach and um, you know talk a gang of shit and. Uh, you know, people pay attention. It doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody's good at it. Um, you can tell when it's forced. Uh, I think uh, Colby, Colby's not... Colby is good at it, though. Col- Colby um, knows how to make it work for him. He says shit that gets under people's skin. And then, you know, he goes and does the hard part and backs it up. Uh, you know, he put an ass-whooping on, on Damian Maya, um, who, you know, Damian Maya is one of those guys that you know, has been said, I think DC said it, you know, a lot of, some people have beaten him, but nobody's really looked good beating Damian Maya, and, uh, Covington looked good, he looked, he looked real good, and bloodied him up, and, and beat him up pretty bad, um, but RDA's a different animal, RDA is, you know, he's one of the more well-rounded guys, uh, in the division, and in the sport, even, you know, uh, RDA can wrestle, as we saw, uh, in the fourth round, and, uh, where he landed, I think, a pair of uh, nice, clean double legs, actually. Um, uh, he can strike. He's, you know, um, very fundamental and, and sound striking, uh, very aggressive, and, uh, and and he's a hell of a black belt. You know, he's a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt with a smothering top game. And uh, Colby really put together a nice game plan, you know, to, to just get in RDA's face early and and just put a pace, a hellish pace. I mean, after the first round, it even looked like Covington was sort of slowing down a bit from his own pace. And, you know, I was sort of wondering if he was going to be able to keep that up over five rounds. And, uh, you know, he answered the questions. Obviously, I think he kind of took the fourth round off a little bit. But, uh, you know, he was he was able to push that pace and really just make RDA uncomfortable. Um you know, to the point where you could see sort of the look of uh, uh, discouragement on his face as the as the rounds wore on, and you know, um, it, it was alluded to by the, by the announced uh, the announcement team uh, as the fight was going on that you know the cornering from RDA was really kind of like a glorified cheerleading. A lot of you know, come on, do this, do that, and uh, not a lot of direction going on. You know, so uh, RDA's movement was really kind of just backing up mostly there was really wasn't moving side to side and um you know and he was throwing a lot of single shots and and that's a terrible way to fight somebody that's coming after you uh with a relentless pace so you know you know it's very easy to say from the outside but a little bit of lateral footwork probably would have helped uh, rda some circling and uh you know 
combinations and maybe not trying to put everything he had uh, behind those combinations and, uh, you know, or, or everything he had behind single shots m- might have, you know, sort of made it a little bit difficult for Covington to just go straight at him the way he did. I mean, Covington sort of put a lot of volume together and it, it was very um, Diaz brother style striking. Wasn't trying to you know, take his head off, but uh, just put a lot of volume behind it. And even some of the striking was was a bit sloppy. Uh, you could see he, he was losing his footing and sort of overcommitting on some of the stuff and, and, and sort of distance was a little bit off. And some of that was to get the, uh, you know, force the clinch and double into the fence. And, uh, you know, what I did like um, from Covington was that he didn't sort of fixate himself on any one position uh, in the clinch and in the wrestling. He was just sort of happy to, you know, wear down on RDA and he wasn't squeezing on anything and, you know, good solid fundamentals, good base, sort of driving him into the fence and, you know, dropping down for singles, doubles. Uh, quite a few times had the, the back uh, standing, um, you know, with no hooks in of uh of Rafael dos Anjos and uh you know really just you know pot shotting him and wearing him down and uh you know if RDA would escape he'd get right back in his face kind of punch his way in and and uh and right back into the clinch and man what a hellish pace to push uh and uh you know I'm actually gonna I think I'm gonna do a uh technique breakdown on some of the things I saw uh Covington do in the clinch and maybe a couple things he he, uh I saw that he might have been able to do better um uh, and control the fight and maybe make his job a little bit easier. But uh, overall, a uh, really, really impressive job by Colby Covington. I mean, man, it's one thing to, to talk that shit and then, you know, put that stress on yourself and then go in there and uh, and back it up. I thought the, um, the Trump line was brilliant. I thought, uh, you know, it, that kind of crosses all lines. There'll be memes about that, and people that don't even like fighting are going to know who Colby Covington is because they hate Trump or love Trump so much. And, uh, you know, he's going to draw a whole new group of fans and a whole new group of haters to himself. And, you know, uh, that, that's what you want to do, man. You want to you wanna kind of say the things that are going to transcend just the hardcore fans, and um, that's how you become a superstar, and, and people start to know your name. So I thought that, that line was... Brilliant. I don't know if it was <clears throat> strategically planned to be brilliant or just to get under people's skin, but um, nonetheless, uh, people will be talking about it uh, at the office on Monday for sure. So uh, props to Colby Covington and um, you know uh, Rafael dos Santos as well. I mean that's a that was a tough pace to keep a uh, you know to keep up when somebody just won't go away and you know didn't quit at all. Um, had his moments in the fourth round, landed a couple of takedowns, got on top, but just wasn't able to do anything uh, too effective. And uh, who knows if uh, maybe Colby's size uh, might have helped him a little bit as, you know, uh, Dos Anjos is, was uh, a 55er for most of his career. So coming down, he might not be on the bigger end of the, the weight class, but it, it really hasn't looked to affect him up until uh, up until this fight. So uh, not too sure if, uh, if it was a size thing or not. Um, or that could have definitely been a factor. Um, so lastly, uh, and most controversially, was the Robert Whitaker and Yoel Romero fight. And uh, interesting fight. I had I'm a, I'm a Yoel Romero fan, but I had picked uh, Whitaker to win um, just because of the way the last performance went, and I think he wasn't well last fight, so I expected a better performance. 
Uh, I never count you well out. I mean, he's he's good for a knockout at any point in a fight, whether he looks like he can barely stand or not. Uh, his anaerobic threshold is always able to deliver uh, explosive power at any time in the fight. The guy is, uh, you know, we're definitely not all created equal, and uh, Yoel Romero is living proof of that as a physical specimen. Um, so early in the fight, it's like Romero kind of took two rounds off, and uh, I think wisely so, you know. Uh, he uh, just kind of standing in a very awkward stance, kind of flaring his elbows out, and um, uh, very high guard, and just sort of absorbing kicks in the knees and eating the jab of Whitaker, and uh, not much offense, you know. It was a few moments, and it was kind of... Uh, would be telling later on in the fight when Romero did throw something in those rounds. Uh, you know, a lot of it was blocked, but it would still move Whitaker way, way across the cage. And um, so you could, you know, you just know that when he does make a connection and something does get through clean, it's it's uh, it's going to have consequences. And I think, for me, that's the story of the fight, is, is um, Romero striking when it landed had consequences, uh, for Whitaker, and, and I, I don't think Whitaker's striking had much consequences, uh, you know, caused any consequences for Romero. I think Romero is just going to get tired by the very nature of the amount of muscle that he has on his body. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a hell of a job to oxygenate all that muscles for a 25-minute fight. I mean, he looks exhausted in, in most of his fights that go to, you know, go to the third uh, or, or fourth, fifth round. Um, I don't think Whitaker had a bad fight and I can, you know, do you value the control or do you value the damage? Um, which one was employed more, right? So there's a lot of questions to ask and, you know, uh, some people are adamant that, you know, Romero lost that fight. I think at the very worst case scenario for your Romero is it was a draw. Um, if you gave him one, if you gave him two rounds and one of those is a 10-8 and one of those rounds, the third and the, and the, uh, fifth, I believe, one of those where he had uh, Whitaker in big trouble had to be a 10-8. You cannot score the rounds Romero won and the rounds Whitaker won as equal things. They are not. At no point in the fight did it look like uh, Yoel was on his way out. At, at at least two points in that fight, if not the whole fifth round, it looked like uh, Whitaker was on his way out of that fight. So you cannot score both of those a 10-9. They are not the same thing. It's not fair to... Um, you know, I think that's the, the most simple logic to use, uh, you know, when we're looking at scoring around. You know, are you going to consider those two things the same thing? I don't think so. Um, I guess, you know, everybody has their own opinions. I just think, <laughs> you know, if you hit me with five shots, five jabs, and then I put you on the floor with one punch, well, to me, that one punch negates those, those five jabs. Whatever the punch count says, you got put on your ass, you know? Um... And and uh, let's not forget what what a what a fight is about. A fight is about hurting the other person, and and that's Yoel Romero did that better. And it wasn't pretty a lot of the times, you know. He um, it was a lot of energy management in the fight, which is a huge thing. And and Romero is a uh, uh, may not look like it, but he's a master at at sort of managing his energy, just saving that. He knows he can fight in spurts and. Uh, He's not able to keep that up a whole fight, and he doesn't try to. That's why he took the first two rounds off. He knows he can do a three-round fight uh, no problem, and uh, it's almost what he did was just save his energy for the first two rounds and 
make it a three-round fight. And, uh, you know, in the three rounds he decided to fight, man, there's, there's a case that he won three, four, and five. Um, and one of those had to have been at least a 10-8 round. Uh, so I, I'm really curious as to, you know, not just what the judges saw, uh, but, you know, but what the fans that are saying that, you know, Whitaker won, I'm, I'm really curious how they see that. Um, you know, I know maybe... Uh, because Romero looked so exhausted the whole fight, it looked like he was losing. But, you know, once he landed that bomb in the third, it was like all oh, Whitaker's cardio was, was flushed down the drain, and they both looked pretty much equally exhausted for the rest of the fight. So it was really interesting. It was, uh, you know, props to Whitaker. I mean, he broke his hand um, at some point in the fight, kind of kept in there the whole time, and was able to uh, to carry on, didn't quit, although it looked like he was mad seconds away from getting stopped uh, a few times. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't see how you, how you say he wins that fight. Uh, I think a draw is worst case. And I think Romero should have probably gotten two 10, eight rounds and, uh, and therefore won the fight. Um, if you didn't give him three rounds out of the two. So, um, that was interesting. And, and the UFC really missed out on a good trilogy. I mean, you, you give, uh, Romero that fight and now, uh, you got to call for the rubber match, right? They've, they've got one apiece. And, uh, yeah, we get treated to another great, great fight. Um, so, really, it's the fans that lose out. I don't think they're going to give uh, Romero another shot anytime soon. Um, from what Dana White said, they're going to encourage him to move up to 205. Uh, so, we'll see how all that plays out. It'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and, and just another note, um, a lot of people say, well, it doesn't matter, he missed weight. Yeah, he was on his way to making weight. Uh, the commission in Chicago actually stopped him, said he didn't look good. And, uh, you know, they wanted to sort of, um, uh, protect his health. Listen, the guy's a world champion, uh, Olympic silver medalist in wrestling. He's been cutting weight his whole life, right? He's 0.2 away. Let the fucking guy make the weight, right? Um, some of these commissions, man, I swear to God, they just want to step in to just sort of, uh, um, I don't know, let their presence be known. It was, you know, it's 0.2 pounds. The guy can lose it, right? It's a world title fight. That's fucking ridiculous. But uh, it is what it is. It happened. Um, would have been really interesting to see what happens when Yoro wins the fight and, and Whitaker walks away with the belt. Um, but that's not what we got. Robert Whitaker is, uh, you know, uh, he is the champion at 185. And... Uh, not sure who he'll be fighting next um, or uh, where uh, Yoel Romero is going to end up. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, should be some exciting matches to be seen after this. Really exciting um, to see what happens with uh, DC and Stipe in a couple weeks and some really exciting fights coming up. So anyway, I just wanted to uh, break down the fights. I thought they were interesting. I thought there was, uh, I had a couple of opinions that I wanted to get out about these fights uh, hopefully I'll be doing more of these in the future. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this special edition of the Cultured Savage podcast, uh, UFC 225 Fight Breakdown. And that's it. I'll see you guys soon.